It is October 30th, 2020, and Jay Uso understands. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Michael Wiseman, because uh, somebody else couldn't be bothered to be here tonight. No, seriously, Matt Morgan's out campaigning. He's in the home stretch of his uh, re-election campaign for Longwood, Florida. He is not here tonight. Instead, you got us. It's like, is it really a bigger deal to go, you know, keep your job for another four years or come watch SmackDown, come do the post-game show here at Wrestling Inc.? You know, there's some specific things I really want to talk about with Matt tonight because uh, from the mind that gave you Matt Morgan and his stuttering gimmick, tonight we had Lars Sullivan <laughs> talking about his childhood trauma. And uh, while I do not disparage the sentiment and certainly anyone overcoming uh, such adversity in childhood, the way that was presented tonight was, um, yeah. it's. I don't want to get ahead of us here. I have thoughts on that segment. It was not what I thought that character needed. And we'll talk about why here. I, I can make a reference to the uh, the season it is. The holiday that's happening this weekend. So we'll talk about that. Election day? Yeah, oh, no. Halloween. Halloween. Yes. Yes. Fall back. Yep. Seriously. Um, so there's a lot to dive into. Let's jump into it because uh, we'll have some news coming up later. We are going to talk a little bit at the end of the show about the latest on Sting's WWE status potentially and um, what's going on with the whole Twitch thing and Paige's outbursts, shall we call it? Um, but we'll get to that after we talk SmackDown tonight. We will. And we got to we gotta make with this because, uh, okay, number one, there was a Fright Night reunion tonight on the Zoom with Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill reading the Peter Vincent role which I'm just dying to see. And after that, I got my Oculus Quest 2 and some Beat Saber I got to get back to. Are you a big fan of the VR, Michael? You I, I have not played Beat Saber, but I have the, the PlayStation VR. I've been uh, playing around with that for a couple of years. So. And not Star Beat Trek, Saber. Have you, have you, I've not played Beat Saber yet. Wow, I've heard uh, Star Trek is good, but Beat Saber is like, I'm, I'm going to actually go on a limb with this. It's better than Rock Band. And I was a huh. huge Rock Band Guitar Hero fan. Wow, that's pretty good. Also, Glenn, today something else came out, right? Oh, that's right. New season of The Mandalorian, which go back to uh, Monday's podcast and heel Matt Morgan made a shocking revelation on the podcast this past Monday. Does he watch The Mandalorian? He lied about having watched The Mandalorian because he wanted to seem cool. That's probably a lot of what he does, isn't it, though? By the way, somebody's <laughs> going to call this <laughs> out. Fired. This is not actually Mando. It's Boba Fett. So for what that's worth, it's yes. close as I could get today. Anywho. Um, so a lot to dive into, a lot to dive into tonight. Uh, we open with Roman Reigns and Jey Uso facing off Jay still upset about Sunday night. Uh, Roman just, just almost glib, right? Just, uh, flaunting his victory and saying, uh, that by the end of the night, Jay's going to fall in line. Jay's crying. This is clearly affecting him. And, um, I like the storyline, a little conflicted about how it ended because I think in all this, and this is, might be a, a controversial thing to say Roman Reigns as a heel has been fantastic, but I think Jay Uso has just, his stock has risen. His stock was always very high with me. I have been uh, down since day one ish as it were. Uh, but I think that Jay now to me comes across as a legitimate contender for, for any match they want to put him into. I think he has so much passion and fire and I almost worry with the, end switch at the end of the night that now he's going to be the murphy to uh R roman's messiah yeah it could be i mean 
I, I think the original intent here was always to make Roman look like a million bucks in this new heel role and play off the family dynamic. And they've told a fantastic story here every step of the way. Uh, just that interplay there, the different layers, the the you know the family, the Samoans, having the the thing on Sunday night where he was crowned, he was laid. All of that has been very impactful. But you're right. I think Jey Uso is coming out of this looking even better. I mean, he's challenging for the WWE Championship, which I think at first we were all kind of like, okay, but is he really a credible contender? But they've given him some big wins along the way to bring us to tonight where he loses the Roman Reigns, but he still feels like he's in that upper echelon of the SmackDown card right now, and it's just done so much for his stock. However, yeah, Roman Reigns is doing the whole Infinity Gauntlet thing. He's gathering up all of the Samoans is where he's kind of headed with this, and it does seem like moving forward, Jay and Jimmy are going to play second fiddle to Roman Reigns. I, I think that opening, you know, Sunday night was great. Glenn, I loved the emotion Roman showed. I loved the way that story played out with, with Jimmy and Jay. I thought Jay was right to call it out here. The one person that he would say I quit for was, um, was, was Jimmy, but you take this to where it's going later in the night with his match with Daniel Bryan. And I think that shows to me that maybe they still ha still have some of that confidence in Jay Uso. I hope so. Uh, him getting the win, over Daniel Bryan, super in favor of, but yeah, it's like, uh, I, I worry it's, it's tough, right? You can't fight alongside the guy that beat you sure. and still be taken quite as seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that's why I know we're skipping way ahead here, but I love the opening segment because it put them two at odds still like it came out of sure. Sunday and, 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 but by the time we got to the end of the night, my question was, why was Jay Uso so quick to, kind of cower back down to uh, Roman Reigns. Yeah, I, I don't, it's, and this is the dynamic, right? That's the dynamic of it. Uh, and I get it. And this might finally be the bloodline faction that has been speculated, I believe talked about in some semi-official interviews and capacity. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, man, I think Jay is so, so good. Has so much emotion. Jay's always been good. Jay and Jimmy have been fantastic. And, um, I, I like, I like heel Roman, but I don't know. I, I kind of would like to see them separate before coming back and doing something together. Uh, the first official match of the night was the team SmackDown series qualifier, Kevin Owens versus Dolph Ziggler. Uh, Michael edge of your seat, right? I mean, it could have gone either way. They're fighting for the most prestigious thing in the world. A spot on the survivor series card, man. Woo. Got to represent team SmackDown. Can we just, can we just say, and I'm sure you guys have talked about this numerous times in the podcast, this whole thing about bragging rights and we're going to go out there and defend our brand and all this stuff, it means nothing to the fans. And while I think this was a great opening contest, I think it means nothing when I'm watching these two great athletes compete for something that I just don't think it really matters. What does it give them, right? What are the stakes actually here? And who really wants bragging rights? I want gloating rights, not bragging <laughs> rights. I was reminding my uh, wife before we got in here of like one time she was wrong. And she admitted that she was wrong and I was right. And I will, I've told this in my top 10 moments of our entire relationship. So gloating rights are really much more valuable than bragging rights. I don't need to brag to other people. I just need to hold it over the other person's head. What, what are your, I was going to say, one of your top 10 moments in your marriage is gloating over your wife. A written, a written admission that I was wrong. You were right. Uh -huh. I understand it now. This seems like you have some of those Murphy, um, Ray Mysterio's daughter dynamics going on here, huh? Oh, well, <laughs> my <laughs> wife is actually a little bit older than me, so not quite. Um, but yes, it was, 
I, oh, Survivor Series. Sorry, I got off the, the, the track there for a second. Uh, no, with Survivor Series, look, I think that um, I don't really care which brand is supreme. I think the one year SmackDown got completely shut out was terrible. What was that? Oh, I think NXT was fantastic last year. To me, it could be a chance for a brand to shine, but sure. meh. <laughs> like, and especially no GMs. Two years ago, so we still had Shane and Team SmackDown and the Invasion. I don't know. I just I like with the um with the uh the the the, the pandemic and the the no crowds and everything's from the Thunderdome and like oh oh do you think Raw's gonna invade SmackDown? Do you think SmackDown's gonna invade Raw? Like who cares? Well, and nobody, it's not like fans are clamoring for, man, I'm a Raw-only person or I'm a SmackDown-only person. It's not like <laughs> back in the day, right, where you'd watch Nitro or Raw and you actually cared about WCW versus WWF. Last year, it felt different. We talk about NXT not being involved this year. NXT made a lot of people care about Survivor Series in a way that they hadn't before because we all knew NXT was the underdog. And if they were to win at the pay-per-view, it might actually mean something for that brand and its position on the WWE brand, right? But this year, like, people aren't out there like, man, if, if you know, I'm going to be very, it's not like politics, right? Like, make one of them Team Trump, Team Biden, right? Let's get this thing over with. People will that actually makes care then, right? Total sense. No, come on, really? Like, that, I mean, like, that would be horrible. No, it would, yes. But you know what I mean, though, right? Like, that's that's the whole thing to me is that people don't have that affinity for either brand like they do for something like politics or a sporting event. And it's not like the MLB Finals. So why do we care about Raw versus SmackDown? That is the interesting thing. Fans have allegiance to superstars, and it's not even about matches per sure. se. It's more about the general booking, their trajectory. Are they given good material to work with? Uh, do they have ample chance to shine and opportunity? Um, I think that's more important. But yeah, this is very different and but and even and brand allegiance has more to do with like aew versus wwe right and that's where nxt played in so well because there are a lot of people that even if you like like raw and smackdown you love nxt sure you actually care about it differently than you do the two main roster shows i think to most people smackdown and raw are very interchangeable it's just more of the same from wwe right and the genius of nxt Forget the third brand talk. The fact that they treated it like developmental and they had the show on the network. They had all the behind the scenes stuff, the fa the talent being so accessible. That did more to um, ingrain a sense of loyalty, fandom, and development with NXT performers. Um, unlike anything we've ever seen in WWE. I mean, they were actually able to translate over the indie love no. that a lot of people have for independent wrestlers on a national level. And um, I think they've still maintained that to a good degree. And credit to WWE, or well, credit really to Triple H and the team there, because uh, the main roster has never done that. I don't think anyone's sitting at home thinking like, man, I'm really rooting for this Lars Sullivan guy. Right, right, right. I, I'll, I'll give a shout out here um, to uh, Charles como jr in the chat room here and it's too fast for survivor series the draft was a month ago that's part of the issue too right we have matt riddle and sheamus fighting on raw for a spot on the survivor series card even though just Pardon a couple me, just, of weeks just riddle now it's right sorry no matt just Riddle. he's always had the same last name fighting for a spot on survivor series even though just a few weeks ago they were fighting on smackdown right kevin owens former raw guy as of late like why would they care to represent this brand at all like you think about it from that perspective too and the logic just completely breaks down speaking of which when are we getting the riddle versus the enigma on monday night raw 
Well, depends on how uh, heated up these uh, controversy continues to get around Matt Riddle, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. Um, Michael, or, or pardon me, Mitch Arabski, Canadian $5. Michael, that's like $6 American. Okay. Saying, okay, hot take Mike and Glenn. Who do you think wins the next Rumble and what is the main event of the next WrestleMania? I'm saving your predictions. Well, I have thought for a while this whole Randy Orton storyline is heading towards part three. They have unfinished business. Randy Orton Edge for the championship at Mania could not think of a bigger deal and a bigger way for Edge to kind of make his comeback final. And so I think Edge comes back again in next year's Rumble as a surprise entrant. Back from injury, wins the Rumble, goes on to challenge Orton at WrestleMania. Wow. Um, it's a good question. Who wins the rumble for a main event shot at WrestleMania? Oh, well, I think first off you have to think who is it going to be against, right? Uh, I mean, if it's against Randy, I think edge is a very good prediction. Could see Keith Lee almost mm -hmm. maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's on SmackDown. I have no idea. Um, and the women's rumble, man, I like to see Bianca Belair, Maria Ripley take it and have them get, a hot shot opportunity for something even better this year than last year. But uh, yeah, I don't know. But the main event of the next WrestleMania, I think, I think Roman versus the rock, I think is, uh, has a, the best chance it's ever had of happening and closing the show. Do you think I was gonna say, do you think the rock comes back at the rumble for a surprise entrance? <sighs> that would, I mean, does that have to happen? Like, oh, no, no, you don't need the rock to win that spot. I, I think somebody like big like back in the day, the next up and comer a lot of times will win it. Like Stone Cold won it whenever he was right there on the edge, right? The Rock, all those things, right? So I, I would wouldn't be surprised to see a guy like Big E if they're ready to pull the trigger. That's oh, Big E versus Roman would be great, but yeah. no, I think come on, like Rock versus Reigns is where it's at. Sure. Um, Shooter McGavin, five dollars European. When Paul Heyman is a spare part of the hottest angle in wrestling, you know you're doing pretty damn okay. Hashtag No Vince fingerprints. Please. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Paul no, that, really hasn't been that like he's there in the background, but he's not really super duper involved. Even tonight right? with the mic, with just sort of grabbing the with Jay grabbing the mic from Paul. It's weird that we got also got so excited that Heyman was involved with Reigns. And he's just, you know, it's like Flavor Flav doesn't just stand there in public enemy. It's like use people to their full advantage of their gifts. Sure. Sure. Well, I think they worried, you know, at first we needed Paul Heyman out there because this really cements how bad of a dude. Roman Reigns is. And so I think maybe maybe they just don't need him anymore, right? Maybe we find a way to transition him away. I don't know where you go with it, but we'll see. He's a bad dude. Lars like Sullivan, am I right? Gotta have oh. Lars. <laughs> Chris Pantaleo, Buck 99. How long until Riddle says, Riddle me this? He should be saying, he should open every dance, every question with that. Don't give any, don't give Vince any ideas, y'all. Why? You don't have that name if you're not going to use the name that way. I mean, come on, let's be real. He literally, Vince McMahon literally made a wrestler and called him Shorty G because he was shorter than the guy he was wrestling. Yes. Just saying. Reach into the back of gimmicks, I guess, huh? Oh, what's that? Oh, hello? Word from our sponsor. Hey, Halloween's coming up. But Michael, you know what's really scary? What's that? What the scariest thing is a manscaping accident. Mm. When you use something that's Oof. not manscaped, and you cut yourself, your precious cargo, because you're using an inferior product, not the lawnmower 3.0 from Manscaped, which has this ceramic safety blade. You need Manscaped one of those, man. A thing of the past. And hey, you might be Chewbacca, Bigfoot, or Harry Bear, but it's what's under the costume that matters. You know what I'm talking about. 
when you Dude. take that costume off, what's going on? A couple weeks ago, uh, Raj Giri showed us his hairy chest on this <laughs> podcast. And I just want everyone to think back to that, to watch the video version, take a beat, fixate on it. Manscaped hey. will work on any any surface, right? Because I have this, you know, I've been growing out my coronavirus beard this year, right? Can I trim up my beard with that? Yeah, oh, I, I, I need to. I'm going to do that uh, this weekend. And uh, Justin Labar uses one Manscaped for all over, for everything. Mm -hmm. Upstairs, downstairs, and everything in between. I have two Manscapes. I got an upstairs Manscaped, a downstairs Manscaped. I'll have to keep them separate. I'm, I'm old-fashioned that way. You know, it's just, just who I am. Uh, but hey. Don't be that hairy guy. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with the Perfect Package 3.0. Inside that Perfect Package, you're going to find their electric trimmer, the Lawnmower 3.0. This is waterproof, skin safe, reduces nicks to your pumpkins. That's in the copy. You can also create less best by trimming in the shower or using their Magic Mat disposable shaving mats. And let me tell you, the shower will change your game. Guys, let me tell you, you want to see your significant other mad? Uh, don't use a Magic Mat. Don't do it in the shower and then explain to your significant other that that hair all over the bathroom is your pubes. Avoid <laughs> that. This this battery lasts a hell of a long time. I think it's something like 90 minutes that you can get on one charge in this. You can do this all in the shower. Take care of business. Their, uh, their magic mats are fantastic. They're disposable. They collect all the hair. They get rid of them. And, of course, let's not forget about the crop preserver. That's their anti-chafing deodorant and moisturizer. Uh, you put deodorant on in your armpits. Uh, you know, some people, you got to do what you can to control the fun. Punk. Let's. They also have their Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes their anti-chafing performance boxer briefs. Keep your package cool and smelling fresh all day. I've got like 10 pairs of these. They're all I wear for underwear anymore. And uh, for the on-the-go freshness, you'll have the Crop Reviver, the toner spray. Matt Morgan likes to use it over his entire body. He likes how it smells. It's it's his secret weapon for all that charisma he's got out there when he's pressing flesh and shaking hands or, uh, or I guess elbows now in this era. And uh, hey, it's time to get clean and mean with this Perfect Package 3.0. We got a deal for you. Get 20% off plus free shipping with our code. What's our code? INC. That's for Wrestling Inc. INC at manscaped.com. 20% off plus free shipping. Stay sexy this Halloween. Stay sexy year round because Thanksgiving's coming, you know, and uh, no sexier time of year to some people. Uh, you got the holidays after that, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever your persuasion. So, your balls will thank you. Your body will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with that code INC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code INC. Trick or treat and keep your balls neat. They wrote that down. We thank them for sponsoring the Wrestling Inc. podcast. And here's the big deal, folks. When you support our sponsors like Manscaped, when you go and make that purchase and use code INC, that just means they're going to come back for next year for 2021 so you're going to have me say embarrassing things, uh, <laughs> putting my co-hosts in the hot seat, making them reveal more than they ever wanted to, and creating these uncomfortable moments for your entertainment. So go to manscaped.com, use that code INC, save 20% off, get free shipping. Even if you bought the razor already, go and buy some of the box briefs, buy some other stuff, support our sponsors, and you help make this podcast possible. We thank Manscaped for supporting us here on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. And supporting men everywhere. The they really do. And we uh, were talking about this the other night. They uh, donate money to testicular cancer charities. Uh, they've got info for, for uh, checking for testicular cancer on their website. They do really amazing things. They're a great sponsor, seriously. We have, I mean, the best sponsors on the show. I mean, between Manscaped, Blue Chew, Magic Spoon. We work with companies that uh, everybody loves. We get such great DMs and feedback about them. So seriously, thank you. They love our audience. 
uh, and they love you for for supporting us. We love you for supporting us uh, through them. So uh, Brett Murphy pointing out that Lars should go to MJF to improve his interview. <laughs> I think all of that awkwardness tonight with Lars. And by the way, if you thought my Manscaped dad was was awkward, go watch the Lars interview. <laughs> That's the most awkward thing I've seen on WWE in quite some time. This guy's a monster, right? Like they were. He's like a these, freak, Michael. Oh, right. Sorry. He's a freak. He got called a freak on the playground. And I, oh my God. He, they, uh, freaks always like to dress up nice and wear a polo and do sit down interviews, don't they? I guess, huh? Uh, freaks come in all sizes, shapes, and uh, styles. I just, uh, was, I mean, whether it's your freak on a leash or your super freak, or perhaps just those that get their freak on. I'm just I mean, happy that I now have a Lars Sullivan costume I can wear tomorrow night for all my Halloween shenanigans. A polo shirt, dress slacks, I'll shave my hair. We get to and go. I'm down with the freaks. I mean, the freaks come out at night, and, uh, you know, I got I got nothing but love for the freaks. <laughs> this was a swing and a miss, huh? Pretty big Have we swing. even gotten into that yet? Have we even talked about it? Uh, Michael the Virus saying, uh, after manscaping, objects in the mirror may appear larger than they actually are. Yes, they may be closer than they appear. Uh, Mitch asking, have you seen Borat 2? Very nice. Borat 2, I was so not looking forward to watching that. I had to convince my wife to put that on. They're like, oh, the whole chick's tired. How good could this be? Pleasantly surprised. It was very funny. It was. I, I, I think it was. It holds up, man. You go watch the first one, too, if you've not seen it in 15 years like I had not, right? Go go rewatch it. It holds up. Yeah, number two. Well worth the hour and a half. That's it, the, you know, it's been tearing up the charts. Amazon, really great to grab that one out there. It's Absolutely. a better better use of your time than the Lars Sullivan interview tonight. Yeah, so this Lars Sullivan interview, uh, first before that, we had a backstage promo with Natalia, Billy Kay, and Bianca Belair uh, about the SmackDown Survivor Series women's team that led to a triple threat match. This promo is okay. I think Bianca's good. I think with Natalia, I feel like they're giving her purposefully hokey gimmicks, yeah. like with the boat thing. Um, and uh, Billy is very funny and charismatic, but I, I worry about her uh, standing as a solo act. Sure. Yeah, they've not done much with her since kind of breaking her free. I think you called it out there. Bianca Belair, she is a star. She she can she tears it up in the ring, right? When she gets in the microphone, she's solid. I think people gravitate towards her because she's something different and she has that attitude. A lot of the women, I mean, even you talk about these two, they're talking about here with Natalia and Billy. They're, they're fine. But what about them stands out right now in 2020? Whereas Bianca Belair, she's got that edge. She's snippy. And I, I think people respond to that more. And so, um, yeah, I was happy to see the, the match was good. I didn't, I didn't have any big issues with it, but I was happy to see no, her pick we'll, up the we'll win. Talk about the match. Antoine Fair, $5 saying we didn't get to it yet, but Daniel Bryan's Roman's next feud. Which I think is good, uh, although it's interesting with Jay beating him now. I mean, weird kind of start, uh, but uh, Antoine saying, I really hope he brings up the Daniels, the reason the fans disrespected him. That would be good. Good long-term storytelling. They'll never do it. Who uh, knows? Chris Pantaleo uh, thanking me, saying good recommendation on the Console Wars documentary, Sega versus Nintendo. It's on CBS All Access. If you don't have CBS All Access, sign up. Just watch that. Maybe check out Star Trek Discovery. But if you like Sega versus Nintendo and that story of the early 90s, uh, Console Wars is fantastic. I know the author. He interviewed. I, I mean, I was there when all this happened, covering it as a journalist. But uh, they talked to all the key players. They did such, such a good job. I've not seen the show yet. The book is fan-freaking-tastic, though. 
No, absolutely. Well, the documentary uh, is only an hour and a half, but they're making a narrative version that's going to be a fictional dramatization. I think it's going to be a 10 part series. So that's awesome. Uh, Michael Levar's pointing out Bianca needs to use that hair whip move again. <laughs> I do feel like they walk off that. That's like one of the most badass things about her in a long list of badass things. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why they've not been using it as much. Maybe it, Vince McMahon probably didn't think it came across very well. I mean, she did it a lot in NXT, but I've not seen it main roster wise used quite a bit. And Keith George corrected me. $5 Canadians only worth about $4 us. That's right. Uh, because uh, It's just all confusing. Now I need to look up the conversion to make sure I got this right. CDN to USD folks. How entertaining is this? Glenn Rubenstein Googles. There you go. Yeah, actually three seventy five. It's getting wow. worse by the day. Make Seriously. your voice heard on Tuesday. <laughs> Let's talk about that interview. Um, first, let me similar to you know Matt uh, and we talk about how terrible the stuttering gimmick they gave him was. Uh, Lars talking about childhood trauma. First, let me make it absolutely clear that I think anyone that's really undergone that or dealt with some of the things that they're dramatizing for effect here, uh, or anyone that's dealt with or deals with or has to overcome a stutter. Obviously, those are serious concerns, um, which is why it makes it weird when WWE will take something like that and use it in an almost cartoonish fashion uh, to generate sympathy or uh, some sort of character aspect that feels so forced. Yeah. Well, and I think we're talking about we're criticizing the art here and not the individual who if somebody does have a stuttering problem, whatever else to your point, we're not we're not making fun of that. Right. No, I think, no, no. I, but right. I, th I feel and this is the first time I've said that because I feel like Matt has always like he's just so dismissive of like, oh, the stutter. And I think we just almost need to say that just in case there's anyone that's newer that's watching us that doesn't understand. We're talking about Matt Morgan's horrible gimmick, right. not the actual speech. And right. you could tell, I mean, I still have a bit of a lisp. I mean, I underwent a lot of speech therapy as a child. Like we're not talking about the serious issue and i think with lars that's where it was interesting to try and take somebody that um has been very controversial has had a lot of uh, inflammatory statements and comments and things that have come out uh in his character and trying to humanize him by giving him this what i assume is a fictional backstory about childhood trauma well and then Correct me if I'm wrong. Did he admit to like murdering like an entire classroom full of students as a child? I, I, I don't. Like... <laughs> was that he said he was crying? Yeah, because yeah. he said the kids were laughing at me. The teacher was laughing at me. I went and cried, but then they weren't laughing long. Then they were screaming, and then I was never allowed to go to school again. So I would love the details of, uh, and perhaps uh, you know, the court case is probably sealed because he was a juvenile. But I would love to learn about what exactly they were implying Lars did to get this revenge on his classroom. A lot of things you can do pre-murder that would cause screams, right? Uh, I don't know. The way he said it, though, not like, you know, I don't know, not like, you know, we were dissecting a frog and I just picked up and ate the frog and it freaked That's everybody right. out. I mean, yes, there could have been something that was a little less, <laughs> but they implied menace and malice in the way he was describing Sure. Well, and I, I think so. That's kind of my, my number one issue with this is I thought Lars Sullivan was a bad guy, right? Like, wasn't he intended to be this monster heel who comes out and smashes things? And I'm going to jump off here to the, uh, if y'all ever saw Rob Zombie's Halloween, right? If you've ever watched, I'm a huge horror movie fan here. Um, I have my Texas Chainsaw Massacre poster up leaning behind me tonight to celebrate the season, right? Halloween is all about Michael Myers murdering people. And people are like, why the hell does he murder? Because he's just pure evil. And that's what makes him terrifying. There yes. is no ounce of goodness in him. And then Rob Zombie made a Halloween movie 
where Michael Myers was a troubled child and he was trailer park trash and his parents abused him. And it kind of really ruined the mystique of that character. And I don't understand WWE's attempt here to humanize Lars Sullivan whenever the monster thing was all he needs. He just goes out there and yes. beats the crap out of people. Wasn't that the problem with uh, one of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remakes was that they tried to give Leatherface like a sympathetic uh, backstory and like a cute younger brother and all this stuff where it was just like sometimes monsters can just be monsters, yes. man, you know? TCM the beginning, the, the sequel yeah. to the remake. But yeah, no, it's like something that's evil that we don't understand terrifies. I'm not saying well-rounded characters are great, but Lars Sullivan never struck me as the guy that needs to be a well-rounded character. And also, if if, if he's a villain, why do we need to feel sympathy for him? Yeah, I know, you know, little known fact, the shark in Jaws uh, was dyslexic, overcame it, but also <laughs> wore terrible headgear and got made fun that's of right. a lot by that's the right. other sharks when I was growing up. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. His uh, he had a stutter, is what I heard. <laughs> I mean, it just feels sort of like if he's a monster heel with mankind, it was different. Mankind one, Lars Sullivan is no Mick Foley. Sure, uh, but mankind was mankind really a heel? Well, well, he was, but he wasn't a monster heel, right? Like he was feuding with the Undertaker, and I think they brought him in and had him do that feud with Taker when he first came in and all that stuff. But when he cut that promo, he was a bad dude, but he was like a misunderstood. Like he was, uh, he was literally a freak of some type. He wore that mask. He had all these issues, yeah. and and that's part of it. But also the other reason mankind's different because, like you said, it he's not uh, Lars Sullivan's not Mick Foley, and he didn't have Jim Ross helping produce this segment. Yeah. Yeah. Like that man and that mankind promo set him up because of the production, the freedom they gave McFoley, Jim Ross being there, all of those things made that a very special thing. And I maybe they're trying to recreate that here, you think? I don't know. You know, a lot of people that know this, uh, Pinhead and Hellraiser, uh, child of divorce and a latchkey kid. That's right. He very was actually a, he was actually a, a war veteran, right? In what, what? <laughs> I mean, it just, it's, it's, it, you know, this was one of the problems with the Nightmare on Elm Street reboot, where it was he like, literally was. Wasn't that the, the thing in the second movie? Wait, Pinhead? Oh, I, I haven't seen. Yeah. I saw oh. the first Hellraiser and got bored during it. Uh, <laughs> so I thought you were like, like, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm, like, just being, I'm just being facetious. Let's go deep, like, dude. I'm a horror movie yeah. buff over here. Dude. You know, go the on. tall man in Phantasm <laughs> grew up on food stamps and was an orphan, and he had to work to work at that mortuary, <laughs> and he put, picked himself up by his bootstraps. And that's why he was so bitter. Well, and, and you know, like Jason Voorhees was bullied at camp or he drowned yeah, or yeah, something, yeah. right? Like but, Jason, that was done very well. Yeah. He came back though. He wasn't like, he wasn't that kid anymore though. He was just a badass murdering machine, right? Yeah. Uh, I could literally do this all night. The thing about it though, is also it was just poorly, poorly written, right? I mean, I think Lars did a fine job with the content. I just don't think it resonated with anybody. It didn't connect. I don't think it had the kind of pizzazz that WWE was hoping it would have. Like it just no. Thread that needle. Two dollars asking if Manscaped is the lawnmower. Well, this is the lawnmower specifically. Uh, the weed whacker is their nose hair and ear hair trimmer, which I just used last night to clean up my ear hairs a little bit. Uh, it's fantastic. It's very very good. I think they keep sound of it, which is why we don't uh, talk about that more during the ads. But it's absolutely fantastic. Um, so. Yeah, this Lars interview, he may have murdered some children as a child. We don't know. Use your imagination. 
<laughs> what he did for all the screams that got him thrown out of school for that would be now that would be an interesting layer to make Lars a real bad dude. <laughs> he murdered a classroom full of children. Like it was just very, very weird. Uh mm. Shooter McGavin, thank you for uh one euro. Um Oh, here we go. Uh, KG Landry is asking a question. This is saying my horror partner and I, my 13-year-old daughter, what is the scariest movie ever, in your opinion, that we could watch? Oh, With wow. No nudity. With no nudity. Just oh, watch man. it on AMC. They'll uh, they'll censor it for you. I was going to say, Hereditary has nudity, right? Because that movie freaked me the F out. It does near the end, and also that is way too dark for a 13-year-old as Whoa. a grown-ass 30-something dude. Ask yeah. about horror films. I mean, that's the other problem, too, is I feel like, I mean, especially in the, the 80s uh, in particular, like in 70s, like nudity and horror was yeah, just hand in hand. I'm pretty sure the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yeah, sure, you're 13-year-old that. Doesn't have any nudity in it though. If that's the criteria, yeah. let me tell you. I read Roger Ebert's review of that as a child, and the review made me severely uncomfortable and terrified. Like I was um, like, I don't want to watch this film. This just sounds very unpleasant. Saw doesn't have any nudity in it. You know, the first Saw, like I think the Saw series maybe deserves its bum rap, but the first Saw was great. Oh, yeah. You know, you know what I'm going to recommend? Uh, two things. Um, see, but I don't know that they're scary but i have great halloween movies one i think the final destination series is hugely slept on sure i think final destination is one of the best if not the best horror franchises of the last mm. 20 okay. years okay. I think what, what's a better franchise of the last 20 years horror franchise i mean i i dig the hell out of saw i think it's a lot of fun but it's, it does get weird near the end um yeah i don't know horror, horror franchise Halloween. Halloween is weird as hell, but it's it's a freaking awesome franchise from beginning. Chucky, dude, come on. Can we talk about Chucky? Oh, Charles Fun. It's good. And I had another one and I already forgot what it was that I was gonna recommend. Uh oh, yo, Monster Squad. I watched the documentary about Monster Mm. Squad the other night. Monster Squad, not really scary, but I'm just saying saying this to anyone. If you want like a good family horror movie with a some outdated language and a little bit of stuff that maybe doesn't seem so cool these days, uh, but Aside from that, Monster Squad is a very charming movie with some very good character arcs. A little bit scary, but great reimagining of the classic movie monsters and uh, sort of a Goonies spirit of children fighting the monsters. So I think um, if you're looking for, I want to give two recommendations as well. One of my all-time favorites, Night of the Living Dead. Um, Classic. And it's creepy enough. And Scream. Scream has no nudity. And it's it's a solid movie. Let me also toss this out. CT saying Demon Knight, Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight, hugely underrated horror for huh. horror film. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, I have. I saw Billy it Zane. First yeah, me too. Billy Zane is so good in that movie. Yeah. Tales from the Crypt, man. I know we got to get back to wrestling here, and we will in half a second here, but it yeah. kills me. I look back on Tales from the Crypt and how merchandise that was in the '90s. There's like this demonic presence, and they oh, yeah. made the TV show, the movies, but then they made a kid show. Tales from the Crypt Keeper, and then they made a kids uh, game show where the yeah. Crypt Keeper, like all these, and I'm like, this is like, well, look at I Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger became like America's sweetheart. That's true. Yeah. He um, but let me also on. say, I'm going to watch the cast reunion of Fright Night. You've seen Fright Night, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fright Night is a great, yes. great Halloween movie. I don't think there's any nudity in it. Maybe there's a little suggestive nudity, but uh, Fright Night is fantastic. Um, can't say enough good things about it. Probably my favorite vampire movie yep. of all time. Which is saying something because I like a lot of vampire movies. Louis, uh, all of this, Louis Sardan says in the chat, Monday Night Raw will scare the hell out of you. 
Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, but seriously, uh, all these things better than this Lars Sullivan interview telling you why why he's the freak. And now he wants to put a lifetime of pain and humiliation on anyone who gets in his way. Yeah, at least he's honest about it. Think about all the people you know in your day-to-day lives who had, like, you know, a shitty childhood or, like, a tough time in high school and they've just spent the rest of their lives taking it out on people. Right. They They're just, just passive-aggressive. I've probably got- been guilty of that at points in my 20s. I Years of therapy and got over that shit. But, uh, no, I think, uh, yeah, at least Lars is upfront about it as opposed to the passive-aggressive dicks we deal with in day-to-day life. Do you reckon this changes Corey Graves in the microphone every week now? Does he stop calling him the freak or does he lean into it even harder? I think he's got, they're not walking away from, from the right. freak. That's right. Well, I'm just saying he kind of threatened that. He was like, Hey, don't like, don't do that. It's not good. Yes. So this triple threat match, Bianca Belair versus Natalia versus Billy Kay. And the right woman won Bianca Belair. I mean, they're going to find a way to get these other two women on the SmackDown. Card, Maybe. It feels like. Well, what about Carmella, who's going to show us next week that she's untouchable in the wrestling ring? How are you feeling about the new <laughs> Carmella, Glenn? I like Carmella a lot uh, as a person, as a performer. I think she's gotten over everything they've given her. I think this gimmick feels like a step backwards, but mm-hmm. I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt. I think she will own it. I mean, I think she's a super big talent and, um, you know, she's down for whatever. I don't think it's her though. I think that the the Carmella we had before felt like her. This feels like WWE trying to make her something different. I agree. Uh, Charles in the chat saying the shining. I would actually say Dr. Sleep and Raj might fire me for this. I like Dr. Sleep better than the shining. The Dr. Sleep was a really, really good, uh, did a great job of, building the mythology of the world. And um, I liked that it had connections to the original, but I loved all the original stuff they added to the movie. Never saw that. Uh, never saw the sequel. I saw the shining of course, but the, the mist the, have, have you watched the mist? Anyway. No, but I know the ending, the super dark ending. Yes. Uh, but no, if you watch Dr. Sleep, which I recommend watch the director's cut, it's on HBO max. It's like three hours long. Tell them to put very, HBO max on Roku. And I'll be there. It's very, very good. Um, so, Oh, Murphy and Aaliyah Mysterio. Come on. Just come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, man. Murphy got in this promo saying he understands why Ray and Dominic despise him, wants them to come out. Instead, Rollins comes out. Um, so Murphy and Aaliyah are dating now. I don't know. Uh, the Mysterios beat up Murphy. Aaliyah got in the way. Like... I keep thinking, is it possible I could care any less about this storyline? It's just gone on too long, dude. I mean, it was hot back in what May, June, whenever they had that eye for an eye match. It got kind of weird, but this thing just feels like it's burning on fumes now. And I don't know. I don't know that people are super into this Aaliyah buddy Murphy pairing and Ray kind of seems like a controlling dad here. He's like, no, you can't, but she's an adult. She can kind of date whoever she wants to like, there's just, it's not, it was good at one point, And I feel like it's just gone too far now. I agree. Eric Wimpy, uh, recommending behind the mask, the rise of Leslie Vernon. Yes. I didn't think it was scary, but I really liked the meta yes. commentary on horror movies. Yes, 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 yes. That's a good call. It's definitely a good one. We watch a lot of like, that's one of our more consistent genres. Not so much the slasher stuff. We watch a lot more thrillers and mm. things like that. Have you seen? Okay, I know. Uh, we'll get back to some more stuff. If you like it's Hereditary, Halloween. 
It's Halloween right. people. Twenty four hours away. No, if you if you liked Hereditary, I highly recommend The Lodge. Have you seen The Lodge? Oh, I've not seen The Lodge. I thought you were gonna say Midsummer. Um, uh, Midsummer, but I did not think Midsummer resonated quite as strongly with me as Hereditary did. Hereditary messed me up, man. Like I was thinking about that for weeks after. Uh, it was very bothersome. Okay, so there was um, you might have heard, you might have seen it back in like 2014. Um, this Australian filmmaking duo made a movie called Goodnight Mommy. I did not see that. Okay, so it's it's all in um, Austrian, I should say. But um, if if you liked, oh no, it was German language. I apologize, it was German language. Um, but if you liked Goodnight Mommy, they did hmm. The Lodge, which is a, an English language film. But go back and watch oh, Goodnight sure. Mommy because that's some dark shit <laughs> no we um, watch a lot of i love um i love more sort of like the hard sci-fi kind of thriller okay. stuff so sure. we love triangle we thought triangle was fantastic mm, we watched that triangle. triangle's like a time loop movie oh okay okay yeah uh did you ever see predestination that's yes. like yes loved predestination yes, and it it's good. got uh what's her face from uh from succession who i love so much oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, i love a good time loop movie too time travel yeah, uh, but no, we we're gonna watch uh, this weekend. We're gonna just load up and catch up on a bunch of stuff. So yeah, Good Night, Mommy is is super dark. It will leave you feeling weird, and so the lodge is just right up there with it. It's a go. problem though. It's like I feel like I have to have a conversation before I put a movie like that on, where it's like I just want you to know before we watch this that I've heard it will mess you up. It will, and that, and and there are very few movies I hold to that esteem when it comes to horror movies because like there are like horror movies that I watch and I'm like, well, that was creepy, but Hereditary. The Lodge, Good Night, Mommy, all with me feeling like, oh my God. Uh, Do you ever see the movie Crazy People with Dudley Moore? It's a comedy about an advertising executive who goes into a a mental institution. Um, The the whole goof of the movie, which is funny because I work in advertising, is that saying like, well, you know, the old adage, uh, any idiot can succeed in advertising. So all the other patients there come up with these advertising slogans and they all become really, really popular. Mm. you know, I forget there's one where it's like, uh, uh, well, uh, no, that's a little too PG-13. Uh, but uh, no, but uh, the one that I always love is the tagline they come up with for uh, a movie is it won't just scare you. It will F you up for life. <laughs> and it goes on to become like the biggest grossing movie of all time because yes. it's such an effective tagline. Yes, yes, yes. So I think that I think of that a lot before I watch horror movies. The last one I'll gather out there is very controversial. But if you've seen The Vivitch or The Witch, depending on how you look at oh, it. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's uh. You know, I really liked uh, more recently the Babysitter movies. The, Babysitter the first movies. one was solid. It was super good. Yeah. The second one, I thought it was a little bit lackluster. But... Had a great homage to the sure thing right in the middle of it. That was uh, fantastic. And it, it, it just was, it, it didn't know, it didn't have a good, it didn't know what it wanted to be. It could not decide if it wanted sure, to be more of the first one, but anyway. All right. Yeah. Um, and I love the kid that starred in that. He was in a great Jake Gyllenhaal movie demolition a couple of years ago uh, mm-hmm. that he was fantastic in. But I enjoyed those. Uh, we watched those somewhat recently. Um, yeah, I feel like, you know, lately there hasn't been as many, like, we watched um, Spontaneous, but that's really more like sci-fi romance. But that was really good. It's one about spontaneous combustion at a high school. It was very well done. Very uh, sweet, sad movie. But, uh, yeah, you know, comedy. Oh, actually, dude, here's the one. This is my last recommendation. Have you seen Detention? No. Okay, so Detention is a horror film from the director of Torque. Um, and I don't know if you've ever seen Torque. Torque is like the greatest Fast and the Furious movie that is not a Fast and the Furious movie. Okay. No. Uh, it's about motorcycles. 
That's awesome. Um, the same director of that, and he's a music it's got video Josh director. Josh Hutcherson in it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, dude, Joseph Kahn uh, directed it. Detention is uh-huh. so over the top. It's a horror movie. It's a sci-fi movie. Not many people have seen it. Highly recommend renting that. Joseph Kahn should be making more movies. Like that dude is insane. And Detention yeah. is so funny and so well done. Uh, KG Landry with a $10 super chat. Thank you, KG, saying I have so many great memories watching TNA with Matt Morgan. He was my late dad, also my best friend, favorite wrestler. Wow. In the Landry house, hold uh, Matt Morgan's legend and is in our Hall of Fame. KG, thank you for saying that. I wish Matt were here tonight to hear such nice things. I, I uh, give Matt shit when he's not on here with me because I, you know, maybe maybe he avoids me. I'm not, maybe he's scared of me. I know he's not. I'm just kidding. He kicked my ass, right? But I think Matt was a huge talent. And what? I. Was- <laughs> I mean, like he's, he's still with us. He's just campaigning, Michael. Jesus Christ! My words are going to be misconstrued here as I try to give the man a compliment, right? I, I meant I. What I was going with was it was a shame. Impact Wrestling and TNA never gave him that one that like that really big run um, with I the agree. world title. I he he deserved it. He he earned, and I don't think it takes away from everything he accomplished. But that was as a fan back then watching him. It's what I always wanted to see was when are they going to crown Matt? When are they going to put that on Matt? And and Matt is he's just uh he had the look. He he has the look. He still has the look, y'all. He's got the he had the skills and the mic. Like he showed all showcased all of that so well. I, I um God. It's going to come back to bite me in the ass somehow. I'm trying to be nice here. It's going to come like back to Matt. bite me in the ass. I like Matt a lot. Matt's one of He's my good. closest friends. Uh, you know, we have a lot of political disagreements and uh, other things we get into. But uh, I think my friendship with him has been uh, very unexpected. Sure. Been like a great thing that's come out of this podcast. Thread that needle. $2 says Tim Mickle said, get the hell back to wrestling. We, you want us to talk five minutes more about the Carmella promo? Because I'll do it. I'll go in detail. I'll go deep. She had a Polaroid, and there was a snap and a bright graphic. Well, it's the new, the new Instagram Polaroid. That's right. Uh, Terry Allen Jr. 210 saying, Christine, 1983 cult classic. Not a horror fan. Christine's good. Christine, Firestarter, uh, even Carrie. I like those are uh, yeah, kind of good. Yeah. Like I mean, As a kid, I felt safe watching those movies. Carrie, though, man, that jump scare at the end with the hand. Yes. yes. Like That's still one of the most good I've ever been. Tim Mickles, a buck 99, saying, said, no, he didn't say that. Thinks this is great. Don't use super chats to put words in other <laughs> chat members' mouths. Dude, Thank can we do it? We'll, we got Halloween coming up tomorrow night, but at some point in the future, we need to do like a time travel movie podcast because I love oh time God. travel movies. Have you seen Tenet yet? Have you seen Tenet yet? I have not seen it yet. No. Okay, I'm not going to say anything about it, but yeah. Okay. Anyway. So SmackDown Tag Team Champion match, Street Profits, or no, pardon me, SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the Street Profits versus Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura with the Street Profits picking up a win. I mean, I feel like Cesaro and Shinsuke are really an afterthought at this point. Sure. Well, this whole thing, like these guys are going to go on to face the Raw Tag Team Champions at Survivor Series for bragging rights or whatever it is. But like this match, you knew what the outcome was going to be. They're going to make the Street Profits look good going into that match. There was not much else here to it, I guess. Yeah. I would have made the Street Profits look even more dominant. Like, if you're going to have a tag team versus tag team championship match, make both teams look hella good going into it. Don't, you know, they won, but it was by a close margin. No, I agree. Uh, Let's talk about Sami Zayn's promo. Love this saying. Bobby Lashley just represents one country, the United (laughs) States, and Sami is uh, worldwide, baby. He even made that little jab in there. What I loved about it, too, is he stirs the pot so well. He got a little bit of extra heat by saying, yeah. you only represent one country. And I mean, well, I'm not going to say it, but basically, like, the United States is a shit show is what he was trying to say. So depending on how you feel, he's going to get that. He, like, he's just, they're using Sami Zayn to lean into some 2020 
politics in some really interesting ways. Yeah. No, I agree. I love Sammy. Uh, looking forward to this match. Um, Sasha Banks, this promo tonight. What do yeah. you think of this? Uh, I mean, her, you know, her, this was her crowning moment of victory interrupted by Bailey, uh, Bailey saying that she wants a rematch next week. Um, and that Sasha can't beat Oscar at survivor series. So I think it's kind of interesting. I, I almost feel like Sasha has to not only beat Bailey, but Sasha almost has to beat Oscar at survivor series. What you said, Sasha, Sasha has to beat Oscar. I don't think so. So really? I, here, here's the. You asked me what I thought about the promo. I thought it was good. I thought Sasha looked like a million bucks out there, and I don't say that in some kind of pervy way. She just had a fantastic championship debut look to her. I thought Bailey came out and said the right things that she's been doing for weeks and cut a great sure. promo against her. Uh, so I think it was all good. I think what you're going to see at Survivor Series is Bailey interfering in the match to call Sasha the win. Okay, okay, I accept that. But I think for Sasha though given her history of title defenses, um, I think it would be nice to turn a corner and let Sasha have a bit of a streak. But Oscar needs it. I mean, Oscar's had some wins this year, but when's the last time Oscar beat somebody that was like a big freaking deal? Yeah. But what's Oscar's feud? Like where's Oscar going in general right now? Um, I, I think they're just using her to buy her time until they get Charlotte or Becky back, which but I that's don't know. What I'm saying she's going to dominate that raw roster regardless because who? Who on Raw is possibly there's very few women that are could credibly beat Asuka. I think Charlotte, Becky, Sasha, and Bailey are the only four acceptable answers. Unless you give me Dark Alexa Bliss with Bray as her manager. And oh, dude, that's the reason why. Okay, this is the reason why. Sasha yep. needs to beat Asuka because then that will make us wonder: could Alexa in her dark persona beat Asuka? Going forward, it'll give Asuka immediate stakes for her next major feud if she loses this exhibition. And maybe Bailey's interference, maybe Bailey helps Sasha, and it seems like they're aligned again, and then they break up again before a big mania thing. I don't know. I don't. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna carry this out till TLC because we had the ladder last Sunday, or till the Rumble. But I, I don't know. I stick by it. Bailey interferes. Asuka gets a big win. Asuka's gonna end up losing to Charlotte when she returns, and I don't okay. know January. Uh, Carmine Vittoro, Canadian $2, which is now we've learned is like a buck 50 us. Uh, Raj Giri, thanks you. Uh, do you guys think WWE will be around by 2025? I don't, I mean, they might be owned by someone else, but I don't think they're going away. And let's, let's clarify. No, we don't, it's not on our list of things to talk about here, but yeah. WWE generated a shit ton of revenue. We talk about TV ratings going down, but they still had all of that money coming in from the big in uh usa deals and smackdown deals and and all that stuff um their revenue was actually up above what people predicted for this quarter um so they're finding ways to still make lots of money yes wouldn't it be great if their earnings call came out and said well we made a shit ton of money this last quarter <laughs> they uh third quarter revenue was 20 221.6 million so Damn. Keep in mind, let's like every time you watch SmackDown, there is uh, Geico is doing a plug and um, yep. they're doing a recap with Daniel Bryan. Everything is branded nowadays, right? Like every segment they're making money on through some kind of ad partnership. They're not going nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this main event tonight, the Survivor Series qualifier with um, Daniel Bryan versus Jay Uso. And Jay understands. 
Uh, Jay beat Daniel Bryan. This was actually a really good match. Great back and forth. Love seeing this. Love Jay getting the win. But then Jay kind of with the heel turn after beating up Daniel after Roman's there. Jay saying, I understand. He's with him now. Uh, he's the head of the table. Like, okay. Again, why are, why are they second fiddling this guy uh, who I think has solidified his place as a legitimate single superstar due to this feud with Reigns, and now he is becoming the Murphy to Roman's Messiah. That's so. That's my thing about it, right? You, this match, fantastic. I think Daniel Bryan is probably the biggest opponent that Jey Uso has defeated in his journey up the up the up the uh, single ladder. Yeah, and he did it on his own. And so I think what really kind of bothered me about this segment, though, was they had this great match. He gets the win. Why would he then feel the need to kowtow down to Roman Reigns? Why, like, he should feel stronger than ever at this point. He just won this huge match on his own. Like I, I would have rather right here have seen Daniel Bryan get the win from the perspective of it makes Jay feel I, I'm glad Jay won it. Don't get me wrong. But if you're, if you're going to the direction of Jay's going to turn his life over to Roman Reigns, right. Then you got to have a reason for him to feel weak. Like he needs to do that. Otherwise, why did he do it? Yeah. Just a little strange. It was good. It was a good work by Jay. Don't get me wrong. I like that sure. segment, but. It was just a weird win-loss scenario. They beat the shit out of Daniel Bryan. Yeah. That helped. Oh, and then that last splash that he took yes. with Daniel on the table, Jay looked like he landed on the uh, the barrier of the table. Mm. Yeah. That looked very painful. Um, it was good. I mean, look, SmackDown tonight, this was... Antoine Fair saying, I think it's unfair to call him Murphy. I'm not saying he's on the level of Murphy, but I'm saying that you're putting him in a secondary position as opposed to giving him a chance to shine on his own. That's my point. It's not that they're, um, and don't get me wrong, like Murphy and Rollins suck. Roman does not suck, but I don't know. Like, I would just like to see a little bit more. T- Tammy's calling it out here in the chat. Um, I- I'll, I'll, I'll oh, yes, give her. Yes. They gave a reason for why he doesn't want to be out of the family. And I, I totally buy that, Tammy, you're right. Like, he, they have been building that, that um, the family is behind Roman, and that's why Jay finally turned it over. I just... I think it's weird to give somebody a moment of empowerment like they did with Jay with this huge win, which is the biggest win he's ever had. Yeah. And then, and then immediately be like, but no, he also still feels beholden to this because to me that whenever Daniel Bryan elevated him neck and neck well, to a certain extent. Right. But the subtext, which is a big word to use uh, mm. for something WWE is doing. If I'm reading the subtext correctly, it is that, Jay going through this experience with Roman has brought out a greater intensity within him Mm. that allowed him to get this win tonight. So much like, Hey, I attend one Tony Robbins seminar and I just go into work (laughs) the next week and get a raise. And then they go, Oh my God, I'm going to give Tony Robbins all my money and like power of attorney over my bank account, you know, because he has unlocked this hidden potential with him. Yeah. And then, you know what, if if, I totally buy that. Right. And I, I, I can get on that bandwagon and say, maybe I didn't see it that way. But I would rather have seen a little bit more of that at the top. At the beginning, he still seemed somewhat defiant. And I wish he would have been a little bit more submissive at the top. And then we see the results of that later in the show. I'm picking nits. Although I Tammy, get that. Tammy, and Tammy, Tammy's points are the best. Tammy, seriously, we, we say this sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and we absolutely mean it. You should be on the show because your points of view are fantastic. Tammy's saying it made sense. He thought for the whole two-hour show, he doesn't want to be out of the family. And I agree with that. But here's my counterpoint, Okay. I left a very good job 
And, uh, I, you know, I had a lot of reasons why I left the week after I left, I made sort of my agency. I made a huge sale, huge commission. I had a big win like three days out on my own. Mm -hmm. Right. I didn't think this experience has changed me. Now I want to go back to that job and succeed sure. there. It made me think I can do this on my own. Right. I can, I've right. proven that I can win this. So if Jay is out of the family and then beats Daniel Bryan, you know what I mean? Like that's the part where it's a little like if I'm if I'm Jay and I beat Daniel freaking Bryan, I'm thinking you know maybe I'm pretty good. Maybe, I could be world champion now, yeah, right? I could be world champion. Have him you at know? the top of the show. He should have then committed. Like he's he's struggling. No, he should have struggled all week. We come out. He kneels down at the beginning, and then at the end, it makes sense why he won because that recommitment and Roman being at his side um, kind of pay, paid it out for him. Joey Dorjan saying uh, it all happened too fast, uh, but I think. I do think they needed to um, get past this. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they either needed to get to this point if they're keeping Jay and Roman in the same storyline or have Jay go solo. So I think it's, you know, Roman Reigns, the, the story is he's going to gather up Jay. He's going to gather up Jimmy. He's going to gather up all the Samoans. Um, Tammy's saying I wouldn't compare a job with my family. It's kind of <laughs> weird because I've had this experience. I think a lot of people, in this environment, a lot of people do feel like their job is their family. Sure. Or almost more that. important. Imagine I'm if your family, Michael, imagine if your family sent you a paycheck. Oh my God. Could you imagine? <laughs> not my family. Yeah, I was going to say, this is, it, it's weird too, because, and I do appreciate this, the Samoan dynamics there, Samoan family is a little bit different than maybe Other like my family. Are much different. Yeah. 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 I come from a Jewish and, and uh, Irish Catholic family where right. in both cultures, it's perfectly acceptable to not talk to relatives for five years at a time. Right. Like Nobody's mad. Totally at normal. Nobody's yeah. mad at anyone. It's just what we do. Yeah. Uh, Antoine Fair, $5, saying it isn't easy. One Tony Robbins meeting. It was too seriously. He understands to level up. He has to do it Roman's way. Roman, actually, you know, that reminds me. Do you remember Roman's original NXT promo? Mm -mm. When he came out in the suit, he sounded like Tony Robbins or like a guy that's <laughs> trying to sell you like a real estate course awesome. to like invest in, you know, uh, uh, troubled properties and flip them for a profit. That's awesome. It was great. So I, I, I like that more than Seth's thing. That's my entire thing about Seth. Seth is the Messiah, but I still don't get what the, what's the message, right? What's the, what's the gimmick? You know, Don LaPree used to tell us we could get rich by placing small, tiny classified ads in newspapers. <laughs> like if you're trying to be a guru, you better have something I can latch onto. Right. Well, and Roman Reigns has the infinity gauntlet now, so we're good. Yes. All right. Um, oh, what was the one name? It happened. Yes, SmackDown happened. SmackDown happened. All right. Want to get in some news and notes and Twitch and Steam? Tom Vu. That's who I was thinking of. Tom Vu would sit there and tell you you were too cowardly and weak to be rich, and you need to give Tom Vu money, and he was going to teach you how to be successful. Mm. Now, he, now he plays poker for a living. Yeah, he had the best ads in the nineties. Look at that! I think I grew up a little bit too late. I think I would have been a great TV preacher in like the eighties, early nineties. TV preachers, but that's even the thing. The TV preachers are selling you on the Lord and that's salvation. Holy water. I just spilled holy water all over my desk right before the show started. So <laughs> you can buy some. It's extra christened. All right, that's why you should get ordained, just so you can bless water. There you go. Yes, Chris Pantaleo. Four ninety nine. Rikishi should have shown up one of these weeks and said, "Boys, do this for our family. We need Roman. Roman's ahead of our table now." I'm actually surprised Rikishi hasn't been uh, more active in this. 
Yeah, I am too. Maybe they don't feel like they don't need him. Um, oh, maybe. He's like disappointed in his kids. He's like, come on, y'all, for real. Come on, y'all. For real. <laughs> uh, so we got some news here an hour into the show. Oh? Yeah, give me the news. No, no. Oh, you, oh, you, oh, you, oh, you, oh I was like, well, shit, breaking news. Let's uh, hear it. Uh, does news break on a Friday at 10 or 11 o'clock? If uh, it's something Eastern? that WWE is trying to bury it, but all right, we got a couple of yes. things in here. Um, give you guys a quick update on Sting. That's right, the Stinger, WWE Hall of Famer. He no longer has a page on the WWE website. So it looks like um, sometime Thursday, WWE removed all of Sting's merchandise. Um, there had been a lot of things for sale in the legend section, but they've all been pulled. Uh, no word yet, but this typically happens when WWE is no longer contractually obligated to sell items for a talent. So back in May, Mattel had actually pulled the stinger from their legend seven series of action figures. Um, and they said they were open to releasing another sting figure in the future. Um, if he became available again. So, uh, in mid May Sting was no longer under contract with WWE. They were apparently trying to work out a potential new deal in the future for merchandising, which is kind of what WWE sees him as right now. Um, but there's been no update on a deal since then. And um, so it looks like maybe Sting is done with WWE entirely right now, not even merchandising, not even for appearances. The last time he was on WWE TV, February 25th, 2019, and he was not in the most recent WWE video game, WWE Battlegrounds. I think uh, Joey Dorjan thinks Sting's going to AEW to help Darby. If I'm Sting, I'm thinking, okay, I could be on the WWE shop. Uh, they never promote me. Mm -hmm. They've already done the documentaries. Mm -hmm. I'm not getting my cinematic match against The Undertaker. Um, that payday is over. Why do I want to make 50 cents a t-shirt or whatever Legends deal I have when I can set up a pro wrestling tea store, make 70% of the money, go do a one-off appearance on AEW, you know, or a couple things here or there uh, to get me through COVID sure. and then come back, hit the indie circuit. And maybe I'm doing less volume, but I'm making 10 times the amount of money I'm making WWE. Well, right. And he's getting to do more of what he wants to do, right? WWE is obviously not using him in any major fashion. And over a year, he's not been on WWE TV, right? Even if you go back to when his contract, well, he was still under contract. He wasn't being featured on TV. Eric Bischoff is doing stuff on AEW every week and he has connections there. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Glenn. He can do more the other way. The thing is for me, right? And this is a huge if, and I'm going to just speculate for a second. We got Taker. This is the 30th anniversary. Taker is quote unquote retired. But is there a possibility of one more match? I think everybody thinks it might be with John Cena if he did one more match. But could you get a deal together for Sting and Taker in a cinematic format? That would be the draw. Yeah. I agree. So, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about what a shitty company WWE is. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're coming down to the wire here. Uh, October thirty first was the um, the ending of the whole WWE takes control of all the talent Twitch accounts, and so in the last couple of days, we've seen a number of talents shutting down their Twitch accounts. Um, AJ Styles announced um, today that he is suspending his Styles Clash accounts on Mixer and Twitch. Um, he, uh, thanks the fans and, and thank the fans for their support and the memories. Um, along with him, um, uh, my Mia Yim, um, announced on Twitter, uh, yes, um, reckoning if you are a big fan of retribution, um, that her Twitch stream is being pulled down. Um, and she said, quote, sorry guys, no more stream for the time being. Thank you for making these past few difficult months manageable. It's not goodbye. It's see you later. And then Paige. 
Cesaro dropped his as well. A few other talents did, but Paige is the big one. Um, Paige dropped her. She's been super vocal about this. So I'm going to read part of this statement. Glenn, bear with me for a second. Um, she was at first like, you know, so I, if I have to walk away, let's make these next two streams crazy. I have to go off. If I have to leave, we make today and Saturday effing crazy before I have to leave. But then apparently afterwards, she was texting with coworkers and came back to the camera and she was more emotional. And she said she, quote, cannot deal with WWE anymore. She blamed the company for overworking her to the point that she suffered the career-ending neck injury um, during that live event. She said, I've honestly got to the point where I cannot deal with this company. So now I have to make a very important decision. I'm effing tired, man. I broke my effing neck twice for the company over effing work. I broke my neck twice for this company. And all I wanted to do was, they don't realize this community isn't just about effing subs. It isn't about that. It isn't about that. Um, we built a wonderful community, a wonderful effing family where this is an escape for a lot of people, including myself. So she goes on to say she can't wrestle anymore. Um, her dream got taken away from her when she broke her neck. And that this Twitch was, as she put it, um, filling a, was filling part of that void when she lost wrestling. So um, she said Twitch was such a wonderful thing for me, such a wonderful place for me. And so she has then went on to say, um, you know, if she has different for her, she says, Hey, if you're wrestling every day, if you're doing shows every day, if you're on TV constantly, that's fine. But I'm an effing injured wrestler. I can't wrestle anymore. I get used for media stuff sometimes, you know, but at the end of the day, I'm in my effing house. I'm going effing crazy, dude. I need something to keep me sane, man. And Twitch was my escape from that. You know, right now I'm just sitting on my effing ass. Um, she said she had a terrible couple of years. Um, she was in an abusive relationship. And the only thing she could do um, was, uh, you know, Twitch and, and things like that. She said, so people think I should be thankful that I still have an effing job, right? And I am, but it doesn't mean I should be treated like effing shit. Um, so she was said she was going to keep streaming. But then she says, I'm outspoken as F. I will say how I feel. I don't care who you are. I will say how I feel because I don't like being walked over. You know what? I'm going to start looking into more unionization. I've been learning about it by a unionization lawyer. Um, and basically she goes on to say it's bigger than, it's bigger than Twitch. It's about taking control of your life. So, um, yeah, this is a big deal. Um, Paige talking about unionizing as a result of this, lots of talent. Apparently people thought maybe AJ Styles and so, the like, maybe would, would try to fight back against it. There was apparently a meeting with Vince, um, at some point to have a chat with him about it. That must not have resulted in much, hmm. but, um, it's coming down to the wire and talent are shutting down their Twitch streams. Well, there you go. Crazy. Um, I'd love to see Paige go to AEW and cut a world beater promo that she's going to oversee the building of a real women's division there. But um, I, this is just my prediction. Um, I think Paige is going to maybe wait till next Tuesday. See Mm -hmm. how Mm -hmm. the climate's changing. If the climate changes, what options and opportunities. And I think Paige as a disruptive force in WWE behind the scenes with talent, uh, get out the popcorn because sure. it's going to be entertaining as hell. And uh, I think she might actually be able to affect change and rally people on the side of the talent in a very meaningful way. Well, I don't think I don't know if she has that much to lose, right? I think where she is sitting sure. right now, she is she's pretty feeling pretty empowered. It's it's real shitty, guys. Like I mean, oh, it's I terrible. It. No, no. Like, first off. I mean, you know, Raj Geary told me if I want to start a Twitch stream and uh, do Beat Saber, that he's going to take all the money. And I was like, F you, man. You don't own me. Then you were at the but, contract and you realize he does. So Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I guess I won't go on Twitch then. People aren't going to see, see my sweet dance moves. Uh, no, but uh, no, I get it. Paige has got to look at the finances. What's more profitable? My guess is that 
her Twitch money and WWE money versus the guarantee versus not, it's probably pretty close. Sure. And I think that she's, um, and this is me just completely projecting and speculating. So, Hey, uh, take it that with a huge grain of salt. I think she, um, is itching for a fight and a crusade and a cause and is wondering, is it worth it to blow this up in the name of the greater good? Yeah, absolutely. And she's the kind of person that she's, she, I mean, she had a freaking movie made about her life starring having the rock produce it, all that. Like she's the one who could do it. But I want to add on to this. The thing that makes it super duper shitty too, is there were a lot of fans who listen, quarantine has sucked for a lot of people right yes. a lot of people have lost their jobs we talk about wrestlers not being able to make money a lot of cameo accounts that got shut down Big E, riddle kevin owens all deactivated their cameo accounts they were making good money on this while they can't tour and make all that merch sales and all that kind of stuff right their downside guarantees aren't being met um so it's bad for talent but it's bad for the fans who were using this as an outlet and a way to connect with people in a time of, of strife i think it just it just reeks of really bad decision-making from WWE management. And it's so much more authentic and in-depth than uh, Twitter. Sure. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Mace on Twitter, T-Bar, <laughs> they're both pretty good. I, you know. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. And um, well, hopefully maybe change will come with this. But everybody's falling in line, though. So the thing that's interesting, Glenn, is I wondered how long would it take for everybody to fall in line? AJ Styles, Mia Yim, all these all these stars are just kind of like, okay, so we got to do nobody has challenged the status quo. Cause they are worried about their spot, which is sad. I, I mean, I get why they're doing it. It's sad that Vince McMahon has them all under their thumb like this is what I should say. Yeah. And Sammy's pointing out is WWE really guaranteed though. They fired a bunch during the pandemic. How, I'm not sure how much legends contracts have been affected. And I'm assuming page probably is a little more used than say the boogeyman. Or some sure. of the other people on Legends deals. Paige comes in in a commentary role. She was doing stuff on FS1 on backstage. Um, I don't Which know. Technically, wasn't a WWE contract. So she yeah, so maybe she saw like... something with Fox. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, so, what else do we got? Anything else? No, we can talk about ratings if you want to. Yeah, I mean, NXT won, rightfully so, Wednesday night. Halloween Havoc was awesome. Halloween Havoc every week, baby. Let's do it. That's how you really get the Wednesday Night Wars going. Shotzi Blackheart is a goddamn superstar. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's it, man. That's all I got for you. Okay, cool. Well, hey, everybody. Happy Halloween. Go out there and enjoy it. Uh, we'll be back here Monday night to talk about Raw. And uh, see what happens. Talk about horror movies sometime again, Glenn. How about that? Sure, I could just do that all day long. I enjoyed it. Well, thank you. I enjoyed enjoyed being back again. Tell Matt I missed him. And go. don't tell him that any of that stuff was mean. It was all good stuff, y'all. Y'all are going to like tweet him. I just like how you refer to him in the past tense. Like, I just meant, look, during that run, during that specific run, not him as a human being. Obviously, he's still a beast and kicked my ass and is a great politician. That's why he's politicking tonight, not here. So. Yes. Okay. Uh, he's at The Real Wiseman. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. Follow us on Twitter. Share your thoughts, particularly about horror movies and life. Maybe uh, recipes, your favorite chili recipe. I don't know. Let's you know, talk it out. Catch y'all back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Take care. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. 
Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.